Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, losing in Lavender, double embarrassing for Kansas State, and preparing for the Longhorns coming to Lubbock, possibly for the final time, next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to have you along for the ride once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for making us your first listen each day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They'll help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college to post that job for free today with LinkedIn jobs terms and conditions do apply Chris great to be back with you kicking off another week man and uh, before we get to looking ahead to what we'll kick off this week for Mark Adams and the Red Raiders that's the Longhorns coming to your building uh, spend a little time looking back uh, to what you did on Saturday night which was pick up another win over a ranked opponent uh, in the Big 12 K State comes to town and Texas Tech was able to put together the recipe uh, to come up with the W was not easy by any stretch and had to fend off a run uh, in the final few minutes with some clutch baskets, free throw shooting, et cetera. It was really nice to see uh, Texas Tech come out on top in front of a lively audience Saturday night in Lubbock. Yeah, you know, you, you're just you're just not real sure what you're going to get game in and game out. But, I mean, the, the Red Raiders had been here before. I mean, this is a game that they played pretty well in. Uh, you know, for the first half, but they had done so uh, in Manhattan as well. I mean, the, the scores were close to the same at halftime with Texas Tech uh, leading, you know, on Saturday, just like you were, I think, in Manhattan. And and it's just all about finishing. Uh, and I think the you, you found – I think you, you really hit on it there. It was like guys like Lamar Washington, uh, Demorion Williams, I mean, Jalen Tyson with a big tip in. Uh, near the end uh, of regulation, they made plays down the stretch, and that was the difference in this one because they just couldn't do that in Manhattan. If you go back to that game about three or four weeks ago in Manhattan, that, that game was 50-50 to 50 with about seven minutes to go, and then you just – I think you got outscored like 18-8 to eight down the stretch. But this mm-hmm. is one that you, you were able to generate enough offense and really able to close them out. And <clears throat> that's a really good team you just beat. Uh, it's a it's a team that uh, I think is like top 15 uh, from a net ranking standpoint. And I think that they are uh, they're, they're like a three or four seed right now in the NCAA tournament uh, bracket stuff. And so that's a it's a legit quad one game, I think, is what uh, the NCAA tournament would would or committee would, would view it as. And, uh, you know, I mean, you were in a position to beat them twice, which is crazy. As many struggles as you had. And, Cowan, here's the thing. I wasn't sure until Saturday that Bacho wouldn't play. Also wasn't sure that Fardaz would play. So that's kind of the, the, the deal with this team is that you're not – and like uh, the game tonight, not real sure who's going to be available and who's not, which has been a huge part of the problem, I think, for this coaching staff and the team in general in finding some consistency. I thought it was really nice to see uh, some of your your – foundational pieces like Davion Harmon and yes. Kevin O'Banner really come up with some of the bigger buckets down the stretch, Chris, because obviously like you allude to there in the first meeting with K-State, 
and in some other ball games, you've been in positions uh, to possibly pull off the improbable and get a win. We've seen, you know, shots missed. We've seen free throws missed in some of those final few minutes. And it was nice to see those guys, especially um, come on and, and knock some of those down this time. And uh, I was talking with a Red Raider buddy after the game and it's just, it's just the heights of frustration because you, you know, you're so close and yet still so far away uh, to be in a team that resembles an NCAA tournament team, because, Obviously, night in and night out, Chris, in the Big 12 Conference, you've got a chance to knock off someone really good, right? I mean, whatever you do is going to be against someone uh, that's probably a really good basketball team, whether it's K-State or Texas. Uh, but you're right there in some of those moments earlier in the year. You don't get over the hump there. You're right back there again on Saturday night, and you do get over the hump. So I think that kind of reflects you know, some intangibles and a little, little gut check answer, I guess I would say, there for some of those guys. And not that I've really had that question because, I mean, you've seen it as close as anyone, and I feel like I've seen it as well. They, they've continued to fight, compete, and battle uh, through this, you know, slog of a Big 12 run, and they were rewarded for it, I guess is what I would say Saturday night. You continue to put in the effort like that, and uh, maybe you'll come up with some good things like you did Saturday. Yeah, because all anybody cares about is the fact that you're still two and ten in Big Twelve play. That that's that's ultimately that that that's the you know moral victories aside, or or how hard you compete or how close you are. Ultimately, it's two and ten. That's all that 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 matters. That's all that the committee looks at. I mean, you you know you're you're on the outside looking in, very much on the outside looking in from a, a tournament uh, situation right now. However, there are there is some progress being made with your team. Uh, and you just look at the individual pieces, Lamar Washington, for example, maybe played one of his worst games in conference play, maybe as a Red Raider with the, with, with what they needed from him in Stillwater, six turnovers. He yeah. turns right around the very next game and he plays maybe the best game as a Red Raider, uh, has five steals, hits his fourth and fifth three of the season. I mean, and you needed these baskets. I mean, it, it was – it's not on Kansas State's scouting report. Hey, you got to guard Lamar Washington. You can't let him get an open look. No, you're daring him to shoot it, and he knocked a few down. <laughs> and I think that, that that's what you that's what you needed. The, the, the problem is that you're, we only see the progress when you get a result that you're getting. You don't get you, – you're not seeing the progress as much when you don't get the result. And that's what's painful for fans and, and all that because all you care about is the result. But when you get a result like you did against Kansas State, you can look at it and go, look at look at Demarion Williams cutting down the lane with a dunk down the stretch and O'Banner feeds him. Look at Lamar Washington's threes or his, right. his work on defense. And so that's just kind of how this thing works. So, uh, but Well, and it, Chris, it, I would say like – you're talking about that fan perspective right there, and we only mm -hmm. get to see it there, and that's kind of disappointing. At this point in the year, with all due respect to fans, including myself, all due respect to myself, I'm like, so what? I, I, the guys that are in those uniforms, they're the ones that need to be seeing some progress or some yeah. fruits of their True. labor, right? Because you are still trying to build for the future, regardless of what people are talking about on message boards or on the internet or Twitter or whatever about their plans for the future of this program. As of right now, you're trying to get these guys to continue to get better individually and as a team. And so as long as those players are finding something to keep them engaged and continue to compete, uh, that that's the most important thing. I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I think sometimes as fans, it's very easy for us to just check out and you're like, well, yeah, why wouldn't the players check out as well? Everybody's checked out. When it's not actually the reality inside of that locker room, 
which is a very good thing, by the way. And I guess that probably reflects somewhere uh, among those players um, some leadership, you know, some guys that are helping to steer this thing uh, in the direction that it needs to go as slow as the progress maybe has been to come. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you when you see the program from the outside in and you kind of read everything out there and it seems a bit chaotic and frustrated and, you know, and, and whatever, but then you get over there, I think it's – they're in the moment. Uh, they are upbeat still. Uh, they're still trying – because, again, nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody's going to cancel the games and go, hey, guys, we're going to let you all get healthy <laughs> – you know, we're, we're going to let you guys get your chemistry together and, you know, you, you know, all, all this stuff. That's just not 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 reality. And so and maybe in a good way, it's it's good that you have a Saturday, Monday turnaround with Texas coming here. The best team in the conference, uh, because you can ride a little momentum into this one. And and it's you don't have to look too yeah. close or, or squint too much. And you could have easily won the game in Stillwater last week. You know, I mean, you were down, I think, 14 points in the second half. And, and, you know, Jeff Hexton and I on the broadcast, I'm thinking that this is kind of getting sideways. I don't know if you have enough firepower to get back in this one against a really good defensive team uh, versus Oklahoma State. Uh, but you did, and you were in a position to, to win it, go to overtime, you know, whatever. And obviously in the last second, you know, you lose it with a missed blockout. But uh, just right there. And again, 2-10, and ten, all that matters. Uh, but uh, I will say this, now that you've got that second one, you now have company. I mean, you, you're tied with Oklahoma. I guess they technically have the tiebreaker because they've beaten you. But hey, still, boys. Yeah, there hey. you go. That's right. That's right. That's I feel right. like James Franco on the gallows and that whatever that movie was, and he turns and says, first time. <laughs> welcome back to <laughs> welcome back to this group. It's great to see you again. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it. and Chris, just think about, you know how basketball goes, man. Really any sport, but hell, it could be business too. You make a sale, you get a yes. All of a sudden, you feel like you're going to get another yes. You see a shot fall, you feel like you're going to make another shot fall. You get a win as a team, and you feel like, oh, okay, there's not some magical spell <laughs> necessarily to get a win, even though it seems like that in the Big 12 Conference sometimes. You've got to see some results. I mean, everybody in all walks needs to see some signs of their work paying off, right? And yeah. I don't really know, you know, I don't know what we're going to get uh, whenever we face the Longhorns. Uh, tonight from United Supermarket Serena, and we'll get to that matchup in just a moment. But there's something that this team has given me that uh, leads me to continue to have some confidence that they're going to show up. And we'll see what happens because I really feel like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know how many times I've said to this Big 12 run, like, okay, well, what's the response going to be to this really, really tough loss? Well, usually the response was that they would show up and you have either a good first 20 minutes or a good enough first 20 minutes. Or you have like a pretty good, you know, first 35 minutes. <laughs> and then those final five are a real booger for you. But like the responses have been there. Have they not? There may have been one or something here or there. I guess maybe I'm missing. But I feel like they have responded most of the time. Yeah, the only the only game where you just kind of just were, were worked uh, was, you know, the, the game in Ames, Iowa. That you were just really never in that one from beginning to end. I mean, maybe at the very, very in the first, you know, four to five minutes, you kind of hung around, but then Iowa State just kind of ran off and left you. But, but other than that, no, you've been in in most of these games. Have been in a position to win them, and it's just been about playing well in the second half. And that's what you know. You go to you go to halftime the other day, and you're up thirty three twenty six, and you're thinking because it was thirty three twenty eight in Manhattan, and you're thinking, okay, been here before. 
you know, but, but it's, it's about, you know, having a guy that can ring the bell uh, down the stretch. And in this case, it was several, you didn't go to one guy, you got it from a variety of different uh, players, but, but you nailed it a while ago, the, the Davion Harmons, the Tysons, the O'Banners, the, the, those constants, those guys just have to be the ones that help you win games because they are either most talented, most experienced, whatever. And I think uh, there's been times where they just have not been able to, to produce for whatever reason. But on this day, uh, they certainly were able to do that because that, that three from the corner from O'Banner, I think Tyson with a tip in with about a minute left, uh, Davion Harmon with about 40 seconds left hits that floater. And I think puts you up five, yeah. the close to ices, the game and everything like that. And then I think he's able to knock some free throws down too, but, the, but that's winning plays, man, you know? And I think when you're able to force 23 turnovers from the opposition, because I have a healthy respect for Marquise Noel. He is one of the best players in the conference. I mean, this guy, he came into that game averaging like, I think, 20 a game in conference play, but he leads the Big 12 in assists. He leads the Big 12 in steals and made free throws. I mean, he's just a winner. And you turn him over seven <laughs> times. You turn him over seven times, and he got frustrated. He got his points. But it was an inefficient night. He just never got comfortable. And I think, it, you know, it goes without saying, too, Keontae Johnson, the other stud player for them, who is close to a first-team All-Big 12 guy, this is the first game of the entire season where he was held under double digits. He scores nine points. He'd been in wow. you know, t- 10 or more. So you look at that now, in 24 of 25 games, he scored in double digits. The lone the – lone, uh, you know, exception was this past Saturday. And I think the Red mm-hmm. Raiders defensively, that's where they won this game. We could talk about the yep. offense and, and some of the things down the stretch, but it's it's defensively where they won this thing. And that, that needs to be the calling card. Yeah, K-State shot 35% from the field, 23% from beyond the arc for the game. You turned them over 23 by God times. That was a sight for sore eyes. So hopefully you're going to be able to replicate some of those things as you get back to business Monday <laughs> night against – the University of Texas. We're going to get to that matchup coming up in just a moment and also what it might signify as far as future matchups given now we know the departure date for UT and OU. So we'll get the Longhorns and Red Raiders coming up. Uh, But first, Chris, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned the word health earlier saying nobody's going to let you cancel a game and get healthy as a team. Uh, It was great to see Big Maple uh, back in action. Fardaz Amak back on the floor was not necessarily a you know big impactful night but as you're just trying to get a guy back in the mix and seemingly it's been so precarious the situation to get him there and and keep him there was glad to see him uh there for i think uh like 22 23 minutes for the red raiders on saturday night what was your read on fardaw zamak but first today's episode brought to you by america's number one sports book FanDuel. And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers, whatever you got. If basketball is your thing, college hoops on and popping, midway point of the NBA season now in the rear view. And we're looking ahead 
to March Madness just around the corner. So get in with FanDuel today, download it right now, and get hooked up as a new customer with the No Sweat First Bet, up to $1,000. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with that good old same game So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. What was your read on Fardal Zamek? Well, he, he's a bit rusty, you know, as to be expected. I think, you know, he, he had missed, what, five games. I mean, the last game that he played in was this this Kansas State game that we're talking about uh, previously. And so it's like he's played in four games this year, and two of them have been, been against Kansas State. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> he's seen those unis twice, the poor <laughs> yeah. son of a guy. <laughs> That's right, the, the, the lavender. Uh yeah, but the lavender, baby. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what this was going to look like if Bacho and Fardos couldn't go because you would have been woefully undersized. And I think that he gave you enough minutes. Uh, and, and and then the threat is there of his ability to score and just you know and, and rebound and things like that because his stat line isn't very impressive. And he you know he ends up with four fouls uh, in this game uh, as he played with foul trouble kind of down the stretch. But I just think his presence alone helped you win that game for sure. Uh, and, you yes. know, I, I, I just would like to see, you know, if you have Bacho and – because you're having to lean on Robert Jennings a bit. And he knocks down a, a jumper here and there. But he gets – you know, he's just a – he's a young kid, and it's just way in front of him right now. And you're just asking a lot of that kid. You need to be, you know, rolling with Bacho and Fardaz either together or separately and let Robert Jennings kind of, you know, grow up in the, in the background. But you're having to lean on him right now. So – We'll see what we get tonight, but uh, the, the, they told us that Bacho kind of a lower lower leg injury, so I don't know if that's ankle, knee, whatever. But uh, he's not and wearing something a brace. new. Chris, that's a good question. I don't know. I know his knee had been bothering <laughs> I mean, him a couple like, of weeks ago. Yeah, he's been a price. It's like operation with him. Like <laughs> just pick which part of the body. Yeah, has been I, I was always the so guy when you when you, when you go for that little bone, uh, <laughs> that little tiny funny bone. I always make the red nose light up. Yeah, I could never get that one with the oh, tweezers yeah. in that game operation. But. I just scared myself every time. I just frightened myself. Just like, thank God I'm not a real doctor. Operation. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not a surgeon, and that's the only reason why I'm not a surgeon. Everything, every other box I checked, it was just that steady hand and technical know-how to pull off a procedure like that. Word to McLovin. <laughs> All right. Well, it was good to see Amac back in general, mm-hmm. and I think you you touched on it there. Like, it'll be really great when he can be a great player, but just his presence in some ways adds something, right? They're, they're, you know, if you're the other team, if you're the Kansas State Essential Oils, which is their new team mascot when they wear those those colors, uh, if you're the Essential Oils, you know that Amac's out there. You know there is a giant maple <laughs> that's on the floor. It'll be great when he can actually, you know, really make his presence felt but just the fact that you can have that on the floor is nice and you touch on Robert Jennings was glad to see him mixing it up a little bit he knocks down a free throw makes a shot as well collects four rebounds I mean these are important minutes for guys like that obviously uh, as it relates to the future either with this program or wherever but just the presence of AMAC back on the floor uh, certainly does add something and hopefully he'll continue to progress and maybe see a little bit more and more and more what a frustrating year I'm sure it must be uh, for Fardaz AMAC, as you really try to uh, establish yourself on a different level of basketball here in the Big 12 Conference as compared to his previous stop. And 
and build your resume, right? But just just almost no shot at it uh, consistently. Maybe you can put something together. And I guess, Chris, since you're playing Big 12 basketball every night, anything you do, much like the team, uh, is worth something. So if he can oh, make yeah. some hay here in these final games, it won't all be for naught. But uh, I feel for the guy, even though I know he's very well compensated from a name, image, and likeness standpoint. It's not like he's just uh, you know in shackles here being forced to do this. But just up and down, man, I – it's almost like I feel like you'd it'd be better if there's like, dude, you're done. Hey, here's the injury. The injury is keeping you out. But you get a little taste, and it's like, damn it. Okay, now two steps back, and then you get a little another taste. So, yeah, it's I, a yo-yo. I really feel for the dude. Yeah, the yo-yo effect. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and again, where where we go from here, I'm not I'm not real sure. Don't know if he'll be too sore to be able to play tonight, or maybe there's no ill effects uh, from from playing on it. Uh, don't know when Pop Isaacs uh, will be back, although it, it could be fairly soon. Uh, so we'll just kind of have to see. But, you know, again, the schedule doesn't get any easier. I mean, Texas tonight, then you go to Morgantown, which is a place that you just never – how about that, though? You've beaten Kansas State and Lubbock nine straight times. So th- this is a house of horrors for those guys, no matter uh, who, who the coach has been. Uh, and, and they've had some good teams that they've brought in here, some really bad ones, too. Uh, but you know, this is a house of horrors for them, but that's kind of what Morgantown is for you. So that's where you had this weekend, but you got, you got the Longhorns first. Oh yeah. Uh, before we move on to the Longhorns, I, obviously it seems like, um, there is progress for Pop Isaacs. I don't know how quickly it is or anything like that, but we've got a chance to see him back on the floor this year, right? I would think so. <laughs> think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I would think because so. we're running out of time. I mean, we're getting close to it here, but. You, you, you are. I mean, you, you're, you're technically your season is, is on paper anyway. It's, it's, you've got less than a month. I mean, I think you, yeah. you play uh, at the way the standings are right now. You're going to play that Wednesday of the Big 12 tournament, which is, I think is March the 8th or the 9th, one of those two dates. Um, and then you would have to win that game to advance because right now you're on in, in all uh, tournament scenarios. You're on the outside looking in. You're barely 500. And I, I think you avoided dropping below 500 uh, by beating Kansas State overall, and obviously two and ten in the league. So you're gonna have to hurry uh, and and win a lot more than you lose down the stretch to put yourself in any kind of postseason conversation, whether it be NIT. The the, the tricky thing is though, is I mentioned quad one games and things like that. Almost yeah. every game you have going forward is close to or is a quad one game. So you you will they count more than others. Uh, as far as the data goes, but you've got to accumulate enough of those more than you lose for it to even matter, if that makes sense. You can't be can't win a bunch of quad one games and you'd be below 500 and then get the, right. uh, get a tournament bid. That's just not how how it goes. So and, we'll see. and that will be the process, Chris, that leads me to totally reverse my stance on expanding the NCAA tournament because we should have <laughs> been in. <laughs> if we go down that path, as long as it affects my personal interests uh, in a positive way, of course I'm all for expansion. I think the record reflected that clearly all along. Go check that episode uh, if you want to fact check me on that. All right, let's move on to what is coming up next for Mark Adams and the Red Raiders. It is the Longhorns. And Chris, I know that there is a, a big part of this blood feud, at least as it pertains to recent history. Uh, that is not going to be in the mix, obviously, in their head coach. Uh, but we've been yelling UT uh, well before Chris Beard w- was ever the HC uh, in West Texas. So I think there'll be uh, still plenty of frothing at the mouth at United Supermarket Serena. And 
man, I'm looking forward to this one. You have a huge challenge, to say the least, uh, as it pertains to the Longhorn, Longhorns who are doing so many things well right now. But what do you see them really doing well? What stands out to you about Texas coming into this one? But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but you're not looking for all the fat, all the calories. I got what you need. It's Built Bar. What makes them so good? For starters, covered in 100% real chocolate. You got it. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, or coconut almond. Not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they're good for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Even better now, not only can you get them at BuiltBar.com, but you can get them at your nearest Walmart, your nearest Sam's Club. Get there today and get in on something that tastes great and is great for you. You can thank me later after you've tried your first Built Bar. What do you see them really doing well? What stands out to you about Texas coming into this one? They're, they're just, they're balanced. They're old. Um, you know, I think Vegas has you as about a three, three and a half point underdog. So they Vegas expects a semi-close game, obviously. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, Vegas had you as a one and a half point underdog on Saturday. And, and again, at, at face value, you're looking at what the way you've been playing and you're kind of undermanned. You're like, man, you know, you, you could get run out of here, but, you know, hadn't happened yet. Um, and, and so Vegas expects a close one. They're, they're just, you know, I, I think when you have guys like Marcus Cars, uh, Sabari Rice, uh, Tyrese Hunter, they just have it, it's just guard play, you know, and then they've got enough pieces on the wing. That it's just they're they're just they're well balanced. What 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 was weird is that whenever the the their turmoil happened, when when, when the stuff happened with Chris and you know uh, Rodney Terry gets moved into the head coaching, I think they kind of had an identity crisis of sorts. Because if you remember, Kansas State went into Austin at one point and I think it scored like 116 points, and so you just wondered if they were going to play defense like that beard would have preferred and that was preaching and all that. And I think they've kind of gotten back to that uh, guarding and, and, and doing all those things because uh, you know, it could have gone off the rails at, at some points when all that stuff was going on, but they've, they've been impressive. They're the most impressive team to this point in the league uh, just because they, they've won enough road games. They've just, you know, and, and keep in mind, this is a now pop was playing, mind you, but this is a game that you you lost in Austin 72 to 70. And this yep. is one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they are a one or a two seed, depending on where you look at, and you took them to the wire in their building. Uh, you know, and I think now again, Pop was a big part of that. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying in that he, he was able to score from the perimeter quite a bit in that game and kept you in it, and you just couldn't quite make enough uh make enough down the stretch, but you had a, you had a, a, a lead for, for the bulk of that game. But once, once they got Texas got over the hump, you just could never get it back. But uh, you know, they're, 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 they're well coached. They're old. This is a mature team that's dealt with a lot. Um, and, and, you know, Callan, it, it, we need to understand here. This could be, I don't think it will be, but it theoretically could be the last time Texas plays basketball here too, just because you don't know, now that we know that Oklahoma and Texas are not in this league next year, we don't know the basketball schedule. They're saying 18 games. Well, if you play everybody twice, that's 26 possible games that you would play, and you're not going to play that many. And so some some of these schools you're only going to play the one time. And is that 
going to be in Lubbock or is that going to be in Austin or you are you going to get a home and home next year? We simply don't know that. So I would uh, I would if you if you want to show up tonight and go boo uh, that the burnt orange. <laughs> I mean tonight I would I would make sure it counts. <laughs> Yeah, really get your money's worth. The yeah. wise words from Chris Level. Really get your money's worth tonight. You heard him, Red Raiders. Really get your money's worth tonight. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, from a football as far as the the exit is concerned and, and future matchups, I know everybody likes to pussyfoot around with their football schedule so much. There's so many hurdles to overcome to try to get non conference matchups that are interesting or whatever with in state programs, Aggies, Longhorns, whoever it may be. Basketball wise, Chris, I feel like. And I felt like this since the Aggies left the league. There's no reason whatsoever why you shouldn't be dancing with some of these guys outside of the conference play. And I know that you've got a hell of a run to make in the Big 12. I know there are still things to consider as far as it relates to that. But with so many games played, I just to me that feels like a no-brainer. But I'm also just a local yokel that doesn't make decisions for universities' athletics departments. And these guys are apparently very proud individuals, like to the point where they're so proud they won't even line up against another team here in the state. Correct. Whether that was Aggie Longhorn separation for a period of time or now Aggie Longhorn separation from the rest of us for a period of time. Football is one thing, even though I'm laughing at excuses there, but I just know how deeply rooted those excuses are. Basketball is a whole nother deal, man. I, I do not know why you would not continue uh, to get these games on your I schedule, think, or at least try to do everything you could to get them on you, your schedule. You would have interest. Uh, they, they won't. Uh, I think, and you know, and like you go back, I mean, how much sense does it make that you've had the Big 12 SEC Challenge for a decade, and the Aggies have played, I don't think they've played <laughs> Texas or Texas Tech or Baylor or TCU, for that matter. I, I know it's not been Texas or Texas Tech. Aggies haven't played one of them at all. I mean, that, that just makes zero sense to me, but it's because I think that's either the Aggies or the SEC's preference. So, I yeah, I just don't think you're going to get any kind of matchup with them non-conference-wise uh, going forward. I think that there's been talks a couple of years ago. I think there was a group that was trying to host uh, some December games at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, some neutral site games, and I think that uh, they were trying to get A&M and Texas Tech to play a neutral site game in Fort Worth there, which I think would have been very well attended. Uh, but it just, I, I think for whatever reason, the deal just kind of fell apart. I'm not exactly sure why that was. I think you definitely had interest. So either the group putting it together couldn't make it all work or A&M wasn't interested or whatever. But I knew that that idea was brought to Texas Tech in a kind of an early December uh, neutral site basketball game and it just didn't it didn't happen so again I agree with you there's no reason why you shouldn't baseball basketball that th those are those are easy to get done if there is interest there I just don't think on their side of it they're gonna have any interest in playing you uh and, and maybe I'm wrong we'll see and that may come down to who's coaching the program you know and and, and all those kinds of things but uh sure. but yeah because that's the next thing in big 12 business is I think Brett Yormark is obviously looking at expansion. We'll, we'll talk about that in other shows going forward. But the next thing on the on tap is is really trying to figure out, okay, what's our basketball schedule going to look like? And then you're going to be asking about baseball and all those things. Don't have any concept of what that will look like. Who's on it? Who's not on it? How are you doing it? How many games are you going to play? How are you going to make it fair? And all those things. Because, I mean, that, you know, here we are in mid mid-February. I mean, this is something that now – you know, you've got to have a conference schedule uh, that, that will actually start to take place at the end of this year. So we don't have just that much time to kind of figure some of that stuff out. 
That's true, man. It's going to be really interesting to see how it uh, it all does break down. And I just get <clears throat> I get so exasperated by the uh, haughty arrogance, holier than thou perspectives of so many. It's not just the Aggies and Longhorns, but there are neighbors who uh, have shoved it in our faces all of our lives to where you act like you're beyond a game. It's a freaking game. Serve the consumer or don't serve the consumer. I mean, they're acting like they're preparing for the Kansas City Chiefs or something. Like, oh, we can't. You want us to play the lowly Big 12 where we never won? <laughs> we're so well beyond that now. We're we're so beyond that. We're sucking in the SEC. Look at us. I mean, give me a freaking break. I, I don't know that there's ever any bridge to actually mend those things and get back together. But just think how lost we are where in a state like the state of Texas, you can't get these programs to dance on whatever field of competition. They're in serving the best you can, those consumers in your state. Now concern yourself with Vanderbilt. Get out there to Nashville and play them <laughs> or something, I guess. All right, before we're out of here, Chris, I wanted to get back to the game for just a second because I wanted to ask you about this lineup, man, because it was a really interesting one we saw, starting lineup, really interesting one we saw against K-State <clears> with uh, Kermit Walton again. We saw Harmon. We saw Elijah Fisher, Tyson O'Banner. I mean, you win the game, so do you not tinker with it if it ain't broke? Or what do you expect? And, and what did you make? Like, how did it come to be that we uh, saw Elijah Fisher there um, Saturday? I, I think, you know, it was it was Lamar Washington that didn't start uh, and it was Elijah Fisher that, that was that was uh, I think that played in the I think I'm right there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, because as I mentioned, Lamar just he didn't play well at all uh, in Stillwater. And I think they had kind of gone that way for a few games with him in the starting lineup, just kind of going small. Uh, but yeah, Elijah Fisher is just one of those guys that, you know, is he a, is he a wing? Is he a guard? Is he a forward? I mean, I think he can do a variety of different things. And he actually did play well in Stillwater. So I think you're trying to reward the young fella. But, like, as far as tonight goes, palms up, man. I I have no idea what they'll do. <laughs> because, one, I think if Fardoz is is able or Bacho is able, I, I would guess one of those guys belongs in the starting lineup right. to compete with the size of of, of Texas with uh, Timmy Allen and, and Bishop and DeSue and, and those different guys that they've got to compete with. So, but again, it, it's an unknown because I'm not real sure who's available. And that's, that's the tricky part, yeah. which again, goes back to the very beginning of this conversation. That's been one of the main issues with this team, because if you think about it, I talked to Steve Green about this before the game on, on Saturday, one of the assistants, you know, cause he, he they, they know that, that their offense looks stagnant at times. They're trying to figure out ways to do it, but that's been part of the issue is, we want to run certain things when certain guys are available and when they're not available, we kind of have to, to, to morph and change and all that. And that's, that's been a constant, unfortunately, over the last say, yeah. you know, two to four weeks on who, who's in, who's out, who's, who's a hundred percent, who can we really lean on? And that's why it just looks like they looked a bit disjointed at times, or that's part of it. Uh, they're trying to get the ball out of Davion Harmon's hands at, at times as well, because it, too far or too far too often he just ends up dribbling it out and then throws something up at the end of a shot clock that happened a couple of times on Saturday but you you survived uh, uh, that and so that's just part of it on the starting lineup is just not really knowing who's available and you're trying to come up with any kind of thing you can just pushing whatever buttons may work and reward guys I mean again Lamar didn't play well. Elijah did. So let, let's switch it. So let's see what we yeah. get now. I, if we're going by that, Lamar should start tonight. 
Well, I, I didn't really consider that exactly like the most recent um, result for those two individuals. That that's probably just, I mean, that's the simplest explanation. So that's probably what it was rooted in, but I, I was trying to come up with something in my head about, well, I wonder if they're, you know, they're really wanting Washington. They're wanting something in reserve. Like we got to have somebody that's some kind of spark off the bench. So let's try and keep Washington maybe. And I shouldn't say keep, let's put him in that role, but it probably just makes more sense. Like you're saying like, Hey, you know, it was a rough time out that time for Washington, better time out for Fisher. We'll make this move. But I was kind of sitting here looking at the stats before the show and thinking, man, without Washington there on the bench again, it's just, it's just pretty light pickings as far as uh, your bench production would have been way down. I agree. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll see what they come up with for the Longhorns from the USA. And remember the wise words, get your money's worth. All right. Frothing <laughs> at this is eight o'clock tip. We got all day to get lathered up uh, here west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. Uh, Chris, enjoy hoops tonight from the USA. We'll be back tomorrow to break it all down for better or worse, man. Thanks for the insights and the time as always. Keep hope alive, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it. Hope to see you guys again tomorrow on Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And we hope you'll check out check out Locked On College Basketball on the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen. It's your one-stop college hoops shop right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's Locked On College Basketball for your second listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you for the next one on Locked On Texas Tech.